0: Hello,
1: this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on CHI-FM and I'm back in the studio today with Craig, which is so nice to be here. And thank you Craig and Wussi. And I would also like to thank Tilly from the Israel Center who saw me downstairs and saw my look of horror as I saw that our lift was not working and I had quite a heavy bag with me and she offered to walk with me holding my bag. So I was supposed to have a knee replacement up today, but had to cancel it because of COVID. So I apologize to so many of you who have sent messages asking where I am. I had to put on pre-records for the last few weeks because of COVID. I would also like to say that it was very symptomatic and I really felt awful with it. So for anyone who hasn't had a vaccine, please do yourselves a favor. Go and be vaccinated. This is not my first bout with COVID. I had it at the same time last year, uh, the Delta variant. And my program today is actually looking at our choices and the power of choice. And John uh, Maxwell said, life is a matter of choices and every choice you make makes you. So there are no do-overs in life. So we have to stare our own way forward over the unexpected bumps hurdles challenges and daily encounters and the reason why I actually brought in the COVID first was because last year when I had it my daughter was here um, from Israel and this time she was here again from Israel for Pesach and um, and, I, and last year she got it and my husband got it. So I was terrified this year that my grandchildren would get it and that she would get it. Thank God they were all spared it. But it did mean that I had to quarantine because of my symptoms and couldn't go away with them as we had planned and had to really relook at my own choices and what to do. But fortunately, it wasn't a major choice and um, it was something that was literally made for me because of being in quarantine. But we often need to look at how our choices decide our fate. And the power of choice is about what, why we have made the choices and how we have made the choices and how they've impacted on us. Some, some of our choices make us proud looking back on our lives. Some are definitely the right choices, some make us upset, and just to think about them actually embarrasses us, and ultimately we are what we choose to be, the good, the bad, the ugly of our unique selves, and our personal history is made up of our choices.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: This is Sue Jackson, and I'm on the Finding Human Program, and I was talking about how our personal history is made up of our choices. I must admit, I have yet to meet someone who is satisfied with all their life's choices. But I have met so many people who have bowled me over by the choice to move forward after a bad choice decision or after a very life-changing event. I've also met people who have not believed they have a choice and remain stuck in the blow of fate. But I have seen again and again how joy and sorrow are intertwined and how so often the choices that people make in in tragedy is, is just really unique to them. And it's the finding meaning in the ever-changing stages of our lives. This is a choice, and it takes courage. And sometimes just simply getting out of bed in the morning takes courage. There are many Native American wisdom quotes. Sorry, I'm just taking a sip of water. <clears> throat> My throat's a bit dry. And that, that actually tell us so much about the joy and the sorrow of life. And there's a wonderful song by Rascal Flats, My Wish for You. And it's about giving to the world more than we take, which is a superb message. And um, it, really, it's no more war. The, the two greatest, according to Mark Twain, the two greatest days of our lives are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Well, I like to think. That with introspection, we have the choice to examine the events of our lives and to see what each event has led to, where we got stuck, what actually piqued our interest and when we are stuck, what can actually help us to ignite the flames to push us forward. Certain things make us restless until we actually listen to the whispers that say, this is part of your purpose. Every being, according to Viktor Frankl, has the freedom to change at any minute. And he also says the meaning of life is to give life meaning. Now, in saying that, I was watching the news this morning and I was looking at, the, at what was the chaos in the Shanghai and in their lockdown. And I, I saw the unbelievable mental and physical toll that this lockdown is actually taking on them. It's now gone into, I think it's fifth or sixth week. And uh, some of the compounds, the gates are locked to the compounds, others are completely uh, isolated, they're calling it societal zero, and um, many of the elderly are unvaccinated and have been barricaded into their homes. it's unbelievable and the, the community's way of protesting i suppose this is one of their few choices of showing their dissatisfaction without being arrested is to bang pots some people howl into the night according to a cnn report from their balconies others actually jump over the balconies to their deaths now what you know how absolutely tragic is that and i think that when we look at the world and we actually listen to the news, we we do realize that we are a world at war, a world at war with itself. And how can we actually help? Now, so there are certain people who, do, according to Brené Brown, who actually don't deserve to hear our vulnerability. And I was in a supermarket a while ago, and I met someone I hadn't seen for a long time, and I asked her how she was, and I asked her how her children uh, were. And she was telling me and she uh, she told me that um, one of her children is immigrating and her language was, was quite unique, <laughs> as she told me this, about how, you know, you bring them up and then they leave you. And uh, I was listening with a sympathetic ear because it's it's a very hard thing. And someone behind uh, us uh, actually overheard and obviously knew her. And she said, yes, well, at least you've still got one child at home. I've got uh, nobody. Now, that did not help at all because that simply negated this poor woman's vulnerability. She was she was sharing. She was sharing something that made her vulnerable, that made her fear for the future. And all that she needed was to to hear someone say, you know, I hear what you're saying. And um, we just need to be heard. It's it's who we share our story with. We've got to actually be very careful who we do because so many people want to jump in and fix it or to negate it and uh, to actually then bring in their own story. And uh, Oprah says that people who are rooting for you to rise up from your despair are the people that you need to surround yourself with. And I think in making choices, this is very much what we need to do. Have people in our lives that actually help us, not always agreeing with us, but help us to actually make different choices. The other thing we have to really be very aware of in making choices is not to buy into the negative narrative out there. Um, live with your own intention. Find your own way of of stilling that anxiety. And at the moment it's 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 very difficult. you know we, we're facing lockdowns, we f- potholes, um, trouble in Israel, trouble in Ukraine, tr- tr- trouble in the entire world actually and the pandemic. And it's very hard to to actually still this anxiety that so many of us are feeling. But um, it's, it's somehow within us, we need to find the ability to still ourselves because the world reflects back to us what we put out there. And again and again, I've seen this. I've seen this with people who are very negative what happens is that they attract negativity back to them. So the moment we're looking at the uh, changing seasons, and I happened to say to my husband, "You know, seeing the leaves falling always makes me feel sad," and he said, "Yes, but look at the colours, and the colours are particularly beautiful." And he said, "You know, um, it is in the ch- they're changing so that new gro- growth can come through." And how true that was. And Rumi actually said. Be like a tree, let the dead leaves fall. And perhaps that's something that we can learn about in in this time of change, and the world world is changing all the time. It is in actually letting go of what no longer serves us.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High
1: FM. This is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on CHI-FM. And I was talking about the choices we make. And uh, what I would like to actually mention now is how when we talk about joy and sorrow and how the two are intertwined, it is quite amazing sometimes I find when often in sorrow, a message comes through that just lifts your spirit. And um, this is not my story to tell, but something happened last week on this particular program, on my program, um, on a, it was a pre-record, I wasn't even here. But it, was, it showed me so clearly how love lives on. And Viktor Frankl said, love goes very far beyond the physical person of the beloved, It finds its deepest meaning in its spiritual being, his inner self. Whether or not he is actually present, whether or not he is still alive at all, ceases somehow to be of importance. We are going to be listening to a YouTube by Rabbi Simon Jacobson.
2: Envision a jigsaw puzzle. Thousands of little pieces. It's very clear They're all part of one large image, but they've been cut up. And there's that thrill, that excitement from children to adults, of putting those pieces together and recreating that one image. A more radical example, imagine someone takes the most powerful piece of literature and tears it up into pieces and scatters it from the heavens. And your mission, you're told, is to gather them together and recreate the narrative. There's an an exhilarating element to that because you know you're bringing unity into fragmentation. All of science, all of technology is essentially the search for unity. Looking at so many different fragments, of so many different seemingly disjointed parts of existence, different phenomena, different elements, and coming to realize and recognize the unifying laws that connect them all. We're still looking for that unified field theory where everything will be under one rubric. But it's the search for unity and that's what's happened. What has technology done? It's bridged the distinctions and separations of time and space and bringing this all together instantaneously. Right here, you can access all information right now. There's one final frontier, which technology, the greatest technologies in science cannot achieve, and that's in the heart and soul. The fragmentation that we experience as a society. Fragmentation in our homes, with family members, communities, cities, states, countries, nations. But it's also a fragmentation within yourself. You can also be split into parts different voices, a lack of cohesiveness, a lack of seamlessness, dissonance. We are charged with that mission, bringing unity into a fragmented world. And now we see it in glaring terms. As the cities burn, we see that fragmentation, that divisiveness, so blatantly, so we can be frightened by it, retreat, or we become part of the solution. What can you and I do to bring some unity into the fragments of our own community, families, people we know, people we don't know? And technology offers us much. Begin to think that way and you begin to be part of the solution. That itself is the beginning of unity in this fragmented world.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 high fm
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on high fm And that was Rabbi uh, Shimon Jacobson talking, and I actually loved what he said. And if you actually think about our fragmented world at the moment, um, we are each a piece of this this puzzle of the world. If you have a look at the map of the world... And you you imagine just one little piece being taken out. Imagine a hurricane hitting and wiping your piece out. You leave a gap behind. And that gap needs to have been filled with your choices. Choices that have helped to heal the world. Helped to heal ourselves. We are each. We each have this unique part of of the world and of the puzzle, and if we work in unity with others, I believe that we can bring about change, whether it's only in a small little circle, it doesn't matter. It gets its own energy. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, when evil men plot, good men must plan. When evil men burn and bomb, good men must build and bind. When evil men shout ugly words of hatred, good men must commit themselves to the glories of love." In the recent um, problems that have just uh, occurred in, in Israel with the terror attacks, um, there was one story that was really incredibly upsetting. It was, about, it was in Elad uh, with um, all of those people who had been killed in the terror attack and one person actually put out a message one of the 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 bereaved families to say please do not um, harm us anymore because people were putting really vile remarks onto social media about the the person who had actually driven the terrorists into town Um, that that is something that is, is beyond our comprehension, I hope. It's it's something that we wouldn't even think of, but it, it does happen, and I think we need to be aware of it. Now, I wanted to go back to Love Lives On because I've often said on this program that coincidences are God's way of remaining anonymous. And in the last month, I have actually had quite a few I would say, knocks on the head to say, hello, I'm still here. And even though the person in uh, physical presence is not here. And I find it incredibly comforting to tell you the truth. Now, the other thing that I think we need to look at is to realize that, as Rumi says, it is your world and yours alone. Others may walk it with you, but no one can walk it for you. And I realized this with my grandchildren from Israel when they were here. Last week when they were leaving to go back to Israel, my little granddaughter of four uh, came to give me a hug. And she suddenly looked up and she saw that there were tears coming down my face. And she wiped the one tear away. She said, I must wipe this away. And then she turned to walk away. She looked back at me and she came back and she said, there's one more drop. And she wiped that away as well. And, you know, uh, I was incredibly touched by it. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just tell her it's nothing. My eyes are watering. And then I thought, you know, we need to actually re- realize that to teach our children that it's okay to cry and to have tears, it's part of who we are, it's part of building up our own resilience as well, is actually to recognize the choices we have, that we don't always have to put on this incredibly brave front. Uh, Sometimes it takes courage, as Viktor Frankl even said with, with tears, it takes courage to actually show that you are suffering or hurting. And um, so she said to me, "There's just that water on your face," and she needed to come back and and wipe my face again. And I said, "It's because I love you so much, and I miss you when you're not here. But it's all right. I'll will be fine, and I'll talk to you on the phone tomorrow." And uh, her eyes were filled with tears as well. But it was something that um, it was the connective cycle of life of generations actually reaching out to one another, and sharing in, in the parting of, of what it felt like to actually say goodbye. And we can't protect our children from disappointment, from loss, from hurt or pain, but we can teach them through our examples how to be resilient and authentic. Um, you know, p- children are, are born resilient, but they're often shamed out of it and or blamed or ridiculed by their, their peers or their parents, their family. And instead, I believe that they need to be praised for their resilience. It's not easy to be resilient in this world, which expects so much from us. Um, you know, f- talking about resilience, um, I sometimes think that finding meaning in the ever-changing stages of our lives is a choice. And it does take courage. And it takes courage sometimes just to simply get out of bed. And a major decision, if we've got a major decision, choices don't, shouldn't come just easily. Certain choices have to take time. And sometimes we have to become the observer of our own life. We have to self-reflect and decide what to grow with, and what to leave behind. Major decisions definitely require that we gather information before making these choices. And this again is the power of choice. Resilience on the other hand is a person's confidence that we can rely on our internal resources to overcome challenges and to make the choices. And it's not a fixed factor Resilience actually is something we have to work with. It comes and it goes. And certain things help it. What sort of things actually help resilience? It's connections. The connections to our friends, to our community, very definitely to our family. Do we have supportive relationships? And some relationships are more supportive than others. Some relationships we laugh with, other relationships we can be more serious with, some relationships we can do both with, which reminds me of a a, quite a funny story about a friend of mine, a very good, long, long, lifelong friend of mine, who said to me the other day, you know, it's time we were going to have a photograph taken, and I might have even mentioned this at the time, and she said to me, put on on some lipstick I said I hate lipstick she said yes but when you get to our age your lips begin to fall into your face so you need lipstick anyway if you're listening in today dear friend I have started wearing lipstick (laughs) not that I enjoy it but anyway but you'll probably say it's too light but um, and then of course what else helps us with this resilience and it is humour humour without Doubt helps us actually make choices, it helps us find life a little bit lighter, and gratitude. Shifting our attention from what is negative to what is good, to the sources of enjoyment that are available to us. Winnie the Pooh said, sometimes it is simply in getting out of bed that we have to be brave, and he says there are, so ma- there are many ways to be brave in this world. And I believe one of the really great ways is in gratitude. And I was reading an article the other day about someone who says she opens her curtains in the morning and she does breathing exercises as she watches the sunrise. And I had to admire her. I know I have a a, a certain friend in Australia who also loves the sunrise, as does my husband. Um, Personally, I am not a sunrise person. But she said every morning when she wakes up, she stands, she opens her curtains and she stands and she does breathing exercises as she watches the sun rise. And she said that this brings in gratitude to her day. So she starts her day in gratitude in actually saying thank you for this new day. I think it's it's a wonderful thing because I thought to myself, certainly I do say a prayer in, in waking up but uh, the more need prayer, but at the same time when she said just watching the, the changing light that comes with the rising of the sun actually brings you back into this world and makes you realize how, how gratitude should fill us. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was resilience, which I have mentioned. And resilience is is seen in in little children and the, the funny thing is that with my one little grandchild who was here from israel i really saw a gratitude there because i, I uh, saw him is learning to crawl and trying to push himself up and knocking himself hurting himself he cries he he falls over and then he moves forward again what a lesson for us um, you know, it's, it's just to, to realize that these knocks and these uh, do come our way and not as obvious as a baby learning to crawl or learning to walk. But we all face these knocks almost every day, right, driving down the, the road and someone cuts us off. And um, we, we actually do realize that uh, we, the, we sometimes at the end of the day, if you actually look back on your day, perhaps it's time to, as so many people say, start a gratitude diary. But we can also look at the things that actually made us make different choices in our lives that day. And I think that also helps us a lot. Uh, uh, On a more humorous note, um, I am celebrating a birthday this week and I happened to be looking up uh, certain things about this birthday and I saw the one thing was that obviously the zodiac sign is Taurus, but I also saw that I had been sleeping for 20 plus years. And I thought, oh my word, I cannot believe it. How many years I have been sleeping? And that's the normal amount of sleep. That's not excessive sleep. So in the time that we have, we have to use it very carefully. You know, you talk about how previous generations or this present generations can affect our lives. On a humorous note, my granddaughter said to me, you know that it's um, Friday the 13th is your birthday this week, this, this month. I said, yes, I know. I said, I was born on, on a Friday the 13th. And she said, oh, well, uh, I guess that explains a lot. <laughs> so then I actually looked up the date because I'd always been told I was born on a Friday the 13th. But I had to send her a message to say my mother had given me the wrong information. I wasn't born on the, the, the Friday the 13th. I happened to have been born on a Thursday. Now, what are the main two choices in our lives? There are two primary choices in our lives. To accept things as they exist or to accept the responsibility for changing them. And we need to understand that the greater the choices that we make and the more more choice that we have, the greater freedom we have as well. And with this freedom comes the responsibility again and again because um, the choices don't just affect us. They affect everybody around us and they affect uh, our work, they affect how creative we are, how healthy we are, and how we engage with the world. Each person has very different ideas of what, uh, what is important and what makes them feel better. because But our choices are so important
0: because they do give our life meaning. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program. If you'd like to SMS me, please do so on 34519 or telegram me on 061-895-1019. We're about to hear a very short YouTube by Edith Eager.
3: Auschwitz was a place for discovery and look within but nothing came from without. Those were the discoveries that I can talk a great deal about, that discovering some things that I never thought was possible. The resilience, the perseverance, uh, but most of all, finding hope in hopelessness, because everything has a, a spark in it, a gift in it. That's why I call it many times Auschwitz, as a classroom of discovery, not recovery.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program, and you have just heard Dr. Edith Eager, the author of The Choice and the Gift. She herself was a Holocaust survivor and has gone on to... Write these beautiful books, and to change so many people's lives. What a choice to actually live after the horrors and the losses that she experienced. She is is a, a great teacher, and I must admit that I often listen to her her um, YouTube's just to see how she uh, has. Um, made the choices in her life and she says that small actions and choices impact our lives and Viktor Frankl says the one thing you can't take away from me is the way I choose to respond to what you do to me. The last of one's freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. Now, Edith Eager said that in many of her interviews that it was the small little actions of people that helped her to survive. It was the small acts of kindness, of recognition, of interconnectedness. And more and more, this interconnectedness, the the importance of it, has been coming through in in the Holocaust stories. You know, initially, so much was not heard from Holocaust survivors. And they were almost, um, I think they were so busy having to try and reconnect with their lives again, with living again, that they were not ready to share it. But they are sharing it now, which takes great courage, and we need to actually understand that we must be the listeners so that we can carry on the story of never again. Um, she said that these small actions and choices impact our lives Every small action has a lot of impact, and if we consider just small examples of of helping poor people on the street, um, of actually even a, in, at the if we're at the grocery store, of greeting the person who's helping us pack up our, our uh, parcels or who's uh, at the till. Greeting them, just a smile, a nod even, I think it leads to a a good feeling all round. And the compound effect of these small choices every day will actually have an impact on the quality of your life and of my life. All the choices that we make if we realize have a consequence. So even to do nothing has an impact. So do we want to actually do nothing and still have an impact and a negative impact uh, sometimes? No, we don't. We actually need to look at the power of our choice and which engages us with other people, with the, for, for people who come into our lives. Now, in, so we have so many ways of engaging with people now on social media. We don't have the excuse of, of, of not actually uh, connecting with people. So, you know, what what are some of the choices that we can see in our lives? Well, I think we, um, we need to look at the consequences of our behavior and of our choices, obviously. We need to be consistent and authentic. And Wherever possible, not to be Pollyanna, but in these negative circumstances, to try to be a light. And we all have that in us, the ability to be a light. Um, Carl Jung said, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. And again and again in my work and in my life, throughout my life, I have seen how people have chosen to actually move within the sorrow and loss into joy, going back into the sorrow when they want to, when they want to feel it, because sorrow doesn't just disappear. It is with us always. And, and yet people find a way to live within that and still make a life for themselves. So I think we need to recognize the power of the, our choices and that our choices not only affect our lives, but their impact on others. And making choices also means accepting the idea that as Rabbi Jacobson says, we are part of a much bigger picture. We might think we are this minute little part, but nevertheless, if you look at a puzzle and you take that one little part out or it's lost, that puzzle is never complete. So we're not alone in our choices. Our choices affect not only ourselves, but everyone around us. Our opinions also affect people around us. So let's look at the uh, the opinions that we're actually putting out there. The James uh, Edrus Fast, I think his name is, he's an American religious uh, lawyer, a uh, leader, he's a politician, he said, Tomorrow's blessings and opportunities depend on the choices we make today. So we hold within us the power to change our lives and to change the lives of people around us. And in that way, we can affect our own destiny. And as I said earlier, the world reflects back to us what we actually put out there. And I'm sure you have seen that again and again. I would like to say something about what Khalil Gibran says about joy and sorrow. A woman said to him, speak to us of joy and sorrow. And he answered, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the self same well from which your laughter rises was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds the, your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the flute, the lute that soothes your spirit, the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart, and you will shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. It does go on, but um, you can pick it up yourselves on Khalil Gibran,
0: speak to us of joy and sorrow. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on High FM, on the Finding Human program, and you're going to be listening to another very short YouTube by Edith Eager.
3: Prejudice means to prejudge. And when we look at life, is us and them. I think we're creating another Auschwitz. We all have a Nazi within us. So taking a risk is to be a go down, really go down, go down, completely down. And love over what you hate. That's the hardest thing. Embrace the Nazi in you, rather than running from it or fight it. Not to think that the Nazis were some monsters. They were beautiful children who were taught to hate. We're not born with fear. We're born with love. Fear and love will never coexist. Fear becomes more fear. So whatever you practice, you become better at it. And you have that choice every morning, whether you're going to be before something or against something. At this time in my life, I'm for a lot of things (laughs) and I don't have time to be against.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 high fm Hello, this is Sue
1: Jackson on the Finding Human program on high fm And you've just listened to Life Lessons from Auschwitz by Dr. Edith Eger. And I found that particularly relevant for for the divisive um, world that we're living in at the moment, for the wars around the world. It's, um, he, she, it's absolutely true when she says that we are not born to hate. We are born, we we learn fear. We learn hate. And if you see what's happening at the moment in Israel and around the world, Russia, Ukraine, so many other places, you see what hate does to our world. And that fear begets fear and hate begets hate. And she says in her life at this stage, she is for love. And I must admit, I too am for love and would like to practice it, especially when I see how many years I've been been sleeping for. That was quite a horror thing. I I would suggest that you all, anyone listening in who wants to know how long they've been sleeping, put your date of birth in, and it will give you all the the, the, the year, and it will tell you how many um, years you've been sleeping for. It comes as quite a shock. C.S. Lewis said, One road leads home and a thousand roads lead into the wilderness. So I think our choice is actually, which road are we going to take? That is our choice. And to remember what Viktor Frankl said about we can discover meaning in life in three different ways, by doing a deed, by experiencing a value, and by suffering. And if we remember that and remember that we all have a choice in those and how we find the meaning in our lives and how our meaning impacts on others, it's very important to remember that. He also said, live as if you were living a second time and as though you had acted wrongly the first time. That requires some thinking about. I like to end on that. I'm actually going to be ending now and wrapping up next week. Classy Vessels will be on my program with you, with me. And I know he's a favorite of many of you. So please tune in and, and listen to him and I discussing his recent trip to um, Nepal. And I would also like to end with a song, which Craig is going to be playing. It's not going to come through on the podcast, but this is for Les and Judy in Australia. And it's Celine Dion, How Does a Moment Last Forever? Thank you so much, Craig. And thank you all for listening.